So, we are starting a new series tonight because it's December and we have three weeks of December in which to talk. So, uh, it is called The Heart of Christmas and we're going to be talking about what it means to celebrate Christmas, what it means to, to be this. It's going to kind of tie to our November series a little bit in which we talked about what it means to have this spirit all year. One of the things that I've said and I've probably said last week or a couple weeks ago, I know that I've said before, I will say again, people always look at Christmas and Easter and they're like, man, people are just so ready to go to church then because they feel the spirit and they feel all this. And maybe that's part of it, but the bigger part is around Christmas and around Easter and especially around Christmas, Christians act more like Christians. Like we actually love people. We actually are peaceful. We help people. We're more generous. It's not to say that nobody is throughout the year, but it's like that time of year. It's like, oh, you got to have the Christmas spirit. And then January hits and it's like, ah, whatever. And so I want to talk about what that heart of Christmas really means. And so to start with, we are going to go to a little before Christmas, but it's still kind of the Christmas story, and it's the prequel of that. <coughs> this is from John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So I start here because this is also the origin story of Jesus a little bit. Obviously, we're going to do the Christmas story, and we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus on earth, but that is not where he started existing. That's just where human Jesus started existing. Uh, the godly form of him existed forever. And so as we know, as you've, if you've heard about Jesus before, he is fully God and fully human all of the time. And so most of the time, we just assume, oh, well, he was born, and that's kind of where he came from, and he's part of God, and et cetera, et cetera. But he existed throughout all of time, just like God, because God has always existed, because God is one. And so it refers to him in this passage as the Word, the capital W Word. And that is because he is the Word of God. Like, he is the actions. He is who we follow. His words are what matter to us. And that doesn't mean the rest of the Bible doesn't matter, because it does. But it's like Jesus is who we follow. He called us to be an example of him. And so this says, even while he was on earth, he had already been here forever. I've heard it said, and there's no way to prove this or disprove this, but I've heard it said that any time in the Old Testament it talks about the Lord physically doing something, like physically walking through the garden or etc., that's Jesus. Um, and so I don't know what he looked like. Maybe he looked kind of like he did as a human, although we don't fully know that anyway. But the human Jesus, he came to earth because he wanted to live as one of us, to sacrifice himself for us, but also to show us what's possible by being him. That's why the plan started. That's why he is the light. That's why he is the word. You see, God's plan is perfect, and it stretches throughout eternity. So even before creation, when it was just God, he had this plan to bring love, to bring peace, to bring people, to create so that there could be love, so that we could find him. And so throughout the Old Testament, there are sacrifices, and there are a lot of laws. Like there's 600 and some in, in Leviticus. I'm like, there's a lot of laws to follow, and that's how you find God. And that was because at that time, the rest of the world was chaotic and evil, and other religions and cults were like sacrificing humans and, and, and people and babies and everything. And so uh, God is like, okay, we're going to go step by step. So right now, this is the world you understand, so you're going to understand by sacrificing animals instead and following these laws so you can understand. Because if God had sent Jesus right then, 
everybody would have died out because, oh, I got to love this person who has a knife aimed at my heart. Like, it's really hard to do. Not that you can't love them, but that you didn't die. And so then Jesus came. And this is not something where he's like, oh, I'm going to switch it now. He's like, this has always been the plan. Jesus always knew it was the plan because he always existed. And so he comes to earth as a human. He still has all of his godliness, but he has the human weaknesses, the human strengths, the human feelings. Uh, He faced temptation. Um, He felt hurt. He cried. He had blood. He had all of these things that happened living to show us. And it says that that uh, he gave life to everything because without him, we have nothing. We don't have that example. We don't have that love. He's the light that shines in the darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, that uh, darkness cannot stop darkness. Like darkness, if you have something that's dark, like if the world is very dark, if we turned on all the lights in this room and somebody's like, I know how we can fight this darkness, more darkness, it that doesn't make any sense for one, but for two, like it wouldn't have any effect. But one small light, like one small phone light or one small watch light or one small lighter light, like that would light up enough where you could see all of a sudden. Any horror movie or video game tells you that. Like a lighter can shine its way for a long time. And so that is because light is the only thing that can extinguish darkness. And in the same way, uh, hate cannot affect other hate. So if someone is very hateful and, and hates other people and all of this, they hate you. Well, hating just doubles that. It, it makes it exponentially worse. But love is the only thing that can change that. And so that's what Jesus came to do. Uh, going to the next part here. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. Uh, he simply he was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, uh, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So John the Baptist is part of the Christmas story because he was uh, his mom was Mary's cousin, and so she got pregnant even though they were very old, and they had John the Baptist, and he came to be kind of like the, at that time, modern day Elijah, like he was the speaker for God. And his role wasn't to point people to himself. It was to say, hey, somebody bigger is coming. Somebody important is coming. It's going to make such a big difference. The light is coming. And people hated him. They hated him. For one, he was kind of weird. He ate locusts and honey and wore like camel hair and stuff. And, uh, and for two, he was so passionate about what he was doing that he separated himself from everything, not in hatred, but in love, saying, I have to be separate so that you can understand that it's okay to live for Jesus, that it's possible, and he's going to come. And then the whole thing was to build this world where Jesus could come. Now, Jesus could have came and just talked for himself. He was very able to talk, and he was very able to promote, and he could have done anything he wanted. But for someone to come first was more important to the plan because John the Baptist then had a role and not just to bring Jesus into the equation, but to show, hey, other people can do this. Like other people have a role. It's not just Jesus doing things. So if Jesus had come and like he immediately starts talking and nobody else is involved, the disciples aren't involved, John's not involved, and it's just Jesus, then everybody's going to be like, well, that's church. Like it's just Jesus doing stuff. Like we just sit here and watch and that's cool. He's going to be the Heisman winner and he's going to win the MVP and uh, best defensive player and all this stuff. And he's just, he's everything we are. 
Uh, John the Baptist going before him, though, and John the Baptist baptizing him, though, shows, hey, people have a role here. Like, absolutely, Jesus can do it himself, but people have a role. We have a chance to talk, a chance to teach, a chance to help, a chance to be with him. And yeah, he's still the MVP, the real MVP, but, but we are the ones who get to be on the team with him. We get to look at him, and we get to be like him, and we get to be his example, and we get to be reborn because everybody is born with bad nature. Like, all of us have temptation towards life lying, towards stealing, towards hurting people, towards being selfish, towards getting what we want. All of us want things like that. And then as we grow and we get closer to Jesus, we realize, hey, I can defeat this by giving myself to him. And Jesus is an example of that because even as a human, he never sinned. Even as a human, he never gave up on people. He never hated people. He never hurt people. He just did good. And he set that example showing that it is possible. Going to the next verse. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am for he existed long before me. So John kind of understood what was up, but he still was so excited to be a part of it. He didn't know everything. Um, but it, it says basically that we know who God is because we see Jesus. We know what Christianity is because we see Jesus. We know what is possible because we've seen Jesus, because we know that he lived. We know that he existed. We know who he was. We know that he loved. We know all of this. And even though he was greater, even though he was perfect, even though he was holy, he still loved everybody. And, and it can't be ignored that all of his disciples kind of sucked sometimes. Like Judas betrayed him, obviously, and he still washed his feet. Peter betrayed him and he forgave him. Everybody but John ran away from him when he was dying, and he still gave them the church. <coughs> and so in the same way, we have all messed up. Every human ever has messed up and will mess up. But he has this unfailing love that we can never be separated from. We can never be separated from the love of Christ. And we always have this chance to keep doing better because of his example, because of his love, because of his glory, because he is the only one who, who is perfect. And he shows us that we are still loved no matter what we do. Last part of the scripture. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. He revealed God to us. Uh, Jesus showed us that there's a bigger plan. He showed us that there's something for us to do. He showed us that there's hope. He showed us that there's peace. He showed us that it's possible to love people that hate you. He showed us that it is possible to be better, to, to do more, to, to try more, to reach for something, to help people, to love people, to be different. He could have done this very differently. Uh, maybe he would have gotten more people right away if he came to a rich family, like a Roman emperor or uh, someone in Egypt who had a lot of power, like a pharaoh or something, and he came as the kid there. And he's like this rich kid who automatically has like everybody listening to him. They're like, oh man, that's the son of the pharaoh, or that's Julius Caesar's son. Like, we got to listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Like, he's rich and he's powerful. And he could have done that. But because he came as a poor baby in a manger, like, we can all look and be like, oh, well, he understands what it's like to struggle. Like, he understands what it's like to be hated. He understands what it's like to be lost. He understands what it's like to have people turn from him. He understands what it's like to truly be human because he's lived the hardest possible life and still shown love. And so we all see that in ourselves, in him. We see that there's hope. We see that there's a chance. We see that there's love. We see that there's hope. The point of this series is about the heart of Christmas. And everybody would say, well, the heart of Christmas is love, or the heart of Christmas is generosity, or gifts, or 
whatever. Some of you might say Santa Claus, but we'd all say the heart of Christmas is something that's good. Like the heart of Christmas is having that spirit of, of goodwill, of peace, of whatever. And like I said, once December 31st hits, once January 1st hits, it's like, ah, oh, back to the world. Like, this is what we do. Like, I got to go about my business as usual, and people are in my way, and this sucks, and this is how it works, and oh, man, I'm never going to feel this again. Oh, wait, Christmas is back. I'm going to be good again. We have to do this all year. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect all year because you're not, but you have to have that heart all year because Jesus had that heart all year. He had that heart all the time. And it's possible because we have help from the Holy Spirit. We have help from God. We have help from Jesus' example, and we have help from each other. You are not going to be perfect, but you are going to be loved, and you have the ability to love others. So as we go through this series, try to figure out what that heart means, what you can do to have that Christmas spirit all year, to have that heart all year, to be more and more like Jesus each day than you were the day before. And like I said, you're not going to be perfect, but you are going to be loved, and you are going to have hope. And as long as there is life, there is hope. And as long as there is hope, that's all that we can do is to try our best to take that hope and to do everything we can to be like Jesus and show people who he is. And that's all I got.